Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Exploring the seven factors of awakening or seven factors of enlightenment, um, it's often this list is referred to. <clears throat> These factors of mind, out of all the different mental factors uh, that we are given, out of 52 mental factors, there are <coughs> seven that are particularly the ingredients for the awakened mind when they are developed, ripened, mature, and brought into balance. That is the, um, the recipe, so to speak, for awakening to happen that the Buddha spoke of. <clears throat> and uh, as I mentioned, uh, this, the seven, there are, um, there are some energizing, three energizing factors, three stilling or tranquilizing factors, and mindfulness, which brings them into balance and also cultivates all of them. Last week we talked about mindfulness in particular and tonight we'll talk about this quality of investigation which is the first of these energizing um, qualities. The word investigation um, has a kind of um, what is the kind of a cerebral quality to it. Investigation, analysis, one might think. Um, I like the word interest. It's like, it's right there. It's something that anybody can relate to. Investigation in, for the purposes of meditation, is not about figuring anything out. It's not getting to discover the answer. Remember when I, when I, whenever I, I think of um, uh, getting the right answer, I think about being uh, back in school in, with the math textbook, and in the back they had, you know, if you snuck a peek, you could see, oh, on page 352, there's the answer to the problem. You're not looking for the answer to anything when you're developing this quality of investigation. In fact, what you're, what you're exploring is the nature of reality. And you're letting yourself just be curious and um, interested in what the truth is makes it so much easier 
than trying to figure something out. In fact, if you're trying to figure anything out in the meditation process, you are working against yourself. Because the figuring out mind is the mind that's thinking. And this kind of investigation is one of immediate experience. What is actually happening anyway? What's going on right now? There's many aspects to this investigation and I want to, besides talking, offer some different ways that one can investigate in the meditation practice in in your life as well. We all have this capacity. We all get interested in something. Isn't that so? And when you're interested, you don't have to be persuaded to pay attention. When I, in the old days, I'm not nearly the sports fanatic that I used to be, but when my team, well, when the Giants were playing this, this uh, it, it's true, I kind of re, reignited that passion. You know, when the Giants were, how many people were watching the Giants during the, yeah. Did you have to, be cajoled, you know, oh, come on, pay attention to the TV, you know, pay attention, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, oh my goodness, I have to go to the bathroom, I'm going to miss something, I got to run and come on back, all right. You're glued to it because there's something that's really captured you. We usually think of investigation or interest I should say, as needing to have something very compelling to call our attention. And especially in this culture where we are fed, you know, 15 second sound bites, that's a long sound bite these days, you know, that will just keep us from one moment to another magnetized. And then as you go on the internet, the hyperlink reality where each, there's a hook at the end of each little link, you know, seven ways to find more love. Oh, I want to click on that, you know. And then you see three ways to break off a relationship and you're exploring, oh yeah, I need that one too. all that, those little hooks that, that say, oh, follow me. This is radical when you're bringing it to the meditation because what, you're, what you can discover is that the moment doesn't have to be sweet, delicious, fascinating, scintillating, compelling in order for you to stay connected and really um, develop a quality of interest. At the beginning, it does either 
call for some kind of interest with, within the object or else that we have to kind of muster it up and maybe even pretend that it's interesting. But once mindfulness becomes strong or develops a bit, bit by bit and there's a momentum built up, the mindfulness itself develops interest and investigation because the stronger the mindfulness, the, the more you see, the more you're here and your mind isn't so distracted. And when you're fully here, then the moment has a kind of um, immediacy, immediacy as you're connected to it. And the interest brings you to want to explore more. And as that interest leads to more mindfulness, the mindfulness makes it possible to see more and things become more interesting. So it kind of begets itself. However, if you say, you know, oh, what's so interesting about the breath? Come on, in, out. We just had one a moment ago. Do I really have to pay attention to this one? They're all going to be the same. I know. I know what the breath is. I've been doing it my whole life. Big deal. That attitude, you will not have enough interest to keep you here, and the mind starts flitting it about for something else to draw it, to call it. If you've ever done a retreat, you know at the beginning of a retreat, the first couple of days of a retreat where there's a lot of sluggishness, your energy is low, there's a lot of sleepiness, a lot of restlessness, and it's hard to pay attention. You know, like I said last week, what could be easier than paying attention to your breath? Almost anything. Um, as you start. But those first few days, if you hang in there and get in touch with your own energy, and definitely um, brightness makes, makes it more available, this investigation more available, then that momentum of mindfulness, just a few moments strung together, you start to see, wow, what better place to be than the present moment? It's where life is happening. How cool. I'm here for it. And you, you start to fall in love with the present. This is where it's all happening. And there's a kind of aliveness that comes from it. And when you start to taste stretches of mindfulness, it becomes so compelling that you just want to be here more and more. That's where it can get frustrating when you say, gosh, I really want to be here more and more. And and when you're not, then it gets to be 
can be an unpleasant experience. I'm just not as present. It was so cool, that last meditation. It's not happening now. But it's the, 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 the reason that you're drawn is that you start falling in love with presence, with being present for experience. So at the beginning, you have to almost kind of trick yourself into thinking this is interesting. Sometimes I, I, I've often shared this in here, I have the attitude of, this is one of my little secrets, of imagining that I am an alien and I've just landed on planet Earth and I've somehow gotten into this body and this mind and I'm reporting back to the mothership. What is breathing? Oh, that's what breathing... What is going on when I'm breathing? You've been doing it your whole life, right? What is really... This is what's keeping you alive. And in that little play of bringing, of imagining that it's interesting, it gets you here and that can build on itself. Sometimes we have to trick ourselves. I, I share this. I, I write in, uh, in the Awakening Joy book. Uh, when I first learned this, this lesson about the power of pretending things are interesting, so, and I was in, in, uh, in college with my... And I went to college. With a whole group of our friends went from high school and went to, to college. Uh, together, and this one, one of my closest friends, uh, when we got to college, we had about the same uh, grade point average in high school, which was decent. It wasn't stellar, but it was, it was okay. It was like a, you know, B plus, A minus, B plus, B plus or so. And then when we got to college, he just took off, and he graduated uh, uh, magna cum laude, I guess it was. And he's, he's since he's a, a professor of philosophy in, uh, in Iowa, Iowa State. And, uh, and I asked him, you know, how come you, you just have took off? How, what made you such a great student? We were about the same in, in high school. And he said, when I got to college, um, I decided I really, it was important that I get good marks. So I was motivated. And I decided... At the beginning of each semester, I was going to find out why this professor devoted his or her life to this subject. That was the little game I played with myself. And so I'd take you know, statistics or something that seemed completely boring, and I'd say, why has this guy devoted his life? to statistics. Okay, I'm going to find out. And I'd act as if it was the most interesting thing in the world. You know? And after a while, I'd get kind of familiar with the, the jargon and, the, and, the, and the, you know, just the, the general uh, landscape. And it would become easier. I'd kind of get the hang of it. And after a while, it was kind of interesting. And so I did well. Unfortunately, I asked him that in our senior year. Uh, but it was a really 
good lesson. Oh, I can act as if things are interesting. You ever do that? You ever try that? Just what's so interesting about this? And just getting over that inertia to say, let's check it out. It's that willingness to, to say, let's check it out. That's what the Buddha uh, offered as his invitation. Ehi pasiko, come and see for yourself. That, that's in the, one of the chants I love. Ehi pasiko, opanayako. The Dharma is, is here for everybody to investigate. Come and see for yourself. It's this, this both challenge and delicious invitation to see the truth for yourself. Why is it so interesting? We feel alive when we understand, when we're connected. We love clarity too. Don't you love when you love to understand? Don't you love? We all in, in us deeply, I think, love the truth. But with this kind of investigation, it's not a superficial, you know, waiting for the answer to be handed to you. And again, you're not even looking for the answer, but you're just letting yourself be drawn in. And this, I think, this interest, this investigation, is really the key to the next factor, which we'll talk about in more depth next week, but the factor of energy, energy slash effort. Sometimes people think, oh, this takes so much effort. It does take effort to be here. But when you're interested, it doesn't take nearly the, the effort. So cultivating this quality of investigation and interest will deepen, will naturally lead to a greater energy and a more uplifting effort. And that leads to the next factor, which is joy rapture, joy, which is sometimes defined as a keen interest in the moment. That's particularly in, a, uh, in, in deep concentration states, you are so absorbed, it's like taking the interest, adding energy, and having it fully um, mature into this absorption, wow, where the only thing in the world can be, for instance, the in and out of the breath as it comes into your nostrils or the rising and falling or whatever it is. That keen interest which leads to tremendous um, um, energy, aliveness, rapture, bliss, so there's a payoff in being interested in this. What gets in the way? What gets in the way? What gets in the way of you being... Actually, before I, I go into, into what gets in the way, I just want to ask, what are you really interested in? I'd like you to just go inside for a moment and think of what really grabs you. Maybe it's 
dancing or drawing or being out in nature or playing with your dog or whatever. What really grabs you? And if you can think of something that does it for you, just put yourself in that moment when you are completely immersed in it. Where you have to be kind of torn away because it's so compelling. And if you can get in touch with that, just feel in your body and your mind how it feels to be so interested. The fullness that comes from it. And letting yourself go even deeper to taste the the full sweetness of the experience. So you're not kind of half here and half someplace else, but you're fully connected. Just imagine going in even a little bit further to just get all the juice from the experience. Not grasping, but just delighting. Okay, you can open your eyes. And when, you're, when you just reflected on that, what, uh, what was that like? Anything that you could, you could describe of what it's like to be fully engaged and interested? What's the, what's the quality like? Asking, anyway, yes. Wholeness, yeah, right. Anybody else, yes. Refreshing, yeah. <laughs> Alive. Anything else? Yeah. Smiling. Smiling. So there is a joy in there. Yeah, just like a single pointed awareness. A single pointed awareness. Great. Yes. Delightful. Delightful. It's it's yummy to be interested, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, ginger. Total at ease and comfortable. Oh, I'm complete. Yes, feels complete. Lovely. So we all have that that capacity. Now, what what gets in the way? Let's say not a probably not much gets in the way when you're in the middle of what you just thought of, but when you're wanting to to pay attention, say in the meditation or in your life, suppose you're you're wanting to hear, uh, uh, watch a show that you think you should, you should, it'll be good to, to get the information, or maybe you're even wanting, uh, you're initially drawn to it, but it's hard to pay attention. What gets in the way 
of that connection, that investigation. There's a few things. I'd rather have it come from you than from me. Yes. Okay, sloth and torpor. So fatigue, yeah. The old sloth and torpor. Tina Mida in the uh, in the Pali sloth and torpor. Yeah, it's really hard to pay attention when you're tired. So this is this is an antithesis, and you might see oh a support for investigation is a wakefulness. Energy supports investigation, and investigation supports energy. What else gets in the way? Yes. Yes, anxiety. Like, um, either if you're having anxiety about something else, or if paying attention is a little bit unsettling, especially if what you're paying attention to is something that's a little bit on the edge, a little bit edgy for you. Oh, wow. You know, if you've ever done meditation practice and there's emotions that come up that are a little disconcerting, but you want to work with them, there's this kind of ambivalence. Okay, here's sadness. What is sadness? But there's a part of us that might say, oh gosh, I, I just don't want to feel this. It's, it's, and so we kind of turn away. Or anxiety itself. What's anxiety? Ooh, I don't want to go there. So unpleasant states, and particularly fear about moving closer to something, kind of we naturally, or we can easily go unconscious and, and turn off. Anything else that gets in the way? Yes. Impatience? Yeah, impatience. Let's have it now or yesterday. You know, that somebody asked the Dalai Lama, what is the, 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 the big difference between Western practitioners and uh, Asian practitioners? He said, uh, impatience. Because we're so used to having things done fast. If you've ever been in India and want to, you know, cash traveler's checks or go to the post office, you know, that's kind of like what your activity is for the day. <laughs> so it kind of slows you down a whole lot, you know, oh, we're going to go to the post office today, okay? Not, oh my God, I've been waiting here for three minutes already and, you know, sometimes people refer to this as uh, expecting McDharma in their, in their <laughs> practice, you know. Come on, let's get going already. And that impatience means this moment isn't enough as it is. What else gets in the way? Share it. Yeah. Yeah. This moment doesn't quite do it. That other moment is going to be so cool. Uh, this is just kind of in the way. So desire gets in the way. These hindrances. Yeah. Jim? Okay, preconceived notions. I know what it's going to be like. Let me recreate it. Or preconceived notions. I know this already. What's the big deal? Do I have to pay attention? So those kinds of ideas that say, oh, been there, done that. 
one way or another, preconceived notions and, um, yeah, expectations as well. Yeah, in the back. Ah, analysis, drifting into the story. Yeah, and that cuts off the immediacy of the connection with the moment. Anything else? Okay, doubt. That's one of the hindrances. If you notice, we've mentioned a bunch of hindrances. We've said desire, said sloth and torpor. We've said uh, now doubt. Doubting. What's the point of this anyway? Or should I, should I, is this wasting my time? Excellent. Anything else? There was another hand somewhere. Inner critic. Okay, the judging mind. Anytime the mind starts getting in the way, we lose our quality of freshness and investigation. Because again, we've moved from the direct experience to thinking about, either thinking about the experience or thinking about something else. All of those block our interest. One of the main ones, which is kind of almost obvious, but I, I want to just mention it, is um, this quality of boredom. Anybody ever find meditation boring? I mean, let's be real, right? Sometimes it's like, oh, God, do I have to sit here? Again, because we're so, it's, we're, we're so used to being uh, having the spice, the, the, the intensity capture us. And so when, something is, when we think of something as boring, we kind of cover up the whole experience and say, this is not worthy of my attention. Boredom, there's a lot going on with boredom, actually. We just kind of cover it up and say, boring. But if you look at boredom, what's going on? There's wanting something else. There's aversion to what's here. There's restlessness. It's kind of like a multiple hindrance attack that gets covered over. And we say, boring. But really, there's a lot happening. And boredom can be fascinating if you bring your investigation to boredom. So lots of different things can get in the way, how can we generate interest and investigation? Wow, listen to the rain. (laughs) Let's just for a moment, just listen to that with interest. Wow. Just feel the energy of it. The energy of Mother Nature, as we've been seeing, so beyond us. Comes, then it goes, subsides. Comes again. 
<laughs> Isn't that interesting? So how we can generate investigation and interest, I wanted to share uh, a few possibilities with you. One I kind of alluded to when I talked about the alien spaceship, um, making practice fun. If practice is a chore, it's just one more assignment that you're either going to do well or not do well or you know put on your checklist but when you're playful with practice or when you can uh, make it like a game it actually makes it much more interesting here's a few different ways to make it like a game let's see I'll, I'll share a few games with you. We can all uh, play together. And again, this is to also underscore that there's many ways to bring mindfulness to the moment. One way is, uh, since you're thinking all the time, right? you can make it like a game to watch the thinking mind. So, one way to do this, this is called the cat at the mouse hole practice. I invite you, when I say go, to just be quite relaxed and still and go inside. And I'd like you to see if you can catch the thoughts as they come and count the thoughts. Just every time you see a thought, including, hmm, not many thoughts right now, that's a thought. Just see, be that cat at the mouse mouse hole and see about counting your thoughts. Ready? We'll do it for one minute. Go. see. It's not a contest, but just uh, <laughs> what you what you want to count. And, uh, you count the first, and after you count the first, 
You mean just the counting itself is the, is a thought? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you there for it? Were you watching your experience? Wasn't it interesting? Oh, you gave up. Any other any other experience uh, with that? Were you, were you there? Was it interesting? Now, it's hard to maintain that for a long time. If you're sitting for 45 minutes, you know, you need a calculator to hey, get up there. But you see how just bringing that dimension, oh, let's check this out. It's like you're engaged. Here's another one. Okay, um, Just be with the breath as if You're, let's do the alien for a few moments, okay? See if you can learn something about the breath that you never noticed before. See if you can notice, for instance, just the moment that the in-breath starts. And maybe something on the in-breath and just the moment the, the, it turns to the out-breath at the end. Just take a look. Be the alien reporting back to the mothership. Anything that anyone discovered that they didn't see before or feel before? Yeah. Uh, heat as the air moves through the nostrils gets created. Yeah. And there was something else? So the diaphragm, just the the shallowness of it, or uh, of the expansion, uh, in the expansion. Uh huh. Anything else that anyone discovered? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. The pause is the an integer of your heartbeat, uh-huh. so you can feel the heartbeat in there in that pause there. How interesting. You never knew that before, or saw that before. Huh? Yeah. Wasn't it interesting? Uh-huh. Anything else? Yes? difference between the inhale and the exhale is like the difference between treble and bass. Refreshing for the inhale and softer on the exhale. So many different things that you can notice about 
the, the difference between in-breath and out-breath. When I was reporting to uh, this Burmese master and I'd, um, and I'd be reporting about the, the breath and thinking I had full, you know, pretty comprehensive report and he'd say, uh, tell me something tomorrow that you never saw before. I thought, oh my goodness, I've been doing this for years and I've been watching the breath, something new. But I had to come up with something new. And so I, I did, and I got excited. And I, said, and I went and I said, I saw this. I never saw this before. He said, oh, okay, good. Tell me something new tomorrow. Uh, he did this for like about four or five days. You know? And it, was, it wasn't like he was looking for the right answer, but just, oh, you can look with that kind of an interest and keep on discovering more and more. Every breath is unique in its composition. So that's another way. If you're really connected with it, instead of it being mechanical, seeing that uniqueness in each breath. Here's another game that I find really helpful when I get kind of bored or mechanical. This is, uh, I'll shorten this, condense this meditation uh, into just a Uh, a minute or two, but I'd like you to close your eyes and just um, imagine that you have just come through the birth canal and out into the world and you're about to take your very first breath. How present can you be for it? Here it is, your first breath. This first moment of your life. Can you be here for this, your first breath now? And now, we'll just move ahead in time and imagine going through all the different stages of life from infancy and toddler and taking your first steps as a child and going through childhood and adolescence and young adulthood and adulthood and maturity and elder and then just imagine having had a very full life and coming to the end and here you are about to take your last breath how present Can you be for this? Letting go into the mystery of the next moment, whatever that is.
Here it is, your last breath. And now, let go of the idea of beginning and ending and tune into the fact that this breath has never been here before and will never be here again. How present can you be for this one? The one that's keeping you alive right now. Still here? Did that get you here? Um, it's a it's a very potent exercise, and if one or the other of those beginning or the end got you here, it just kind of revs up that connection, and then after a while. You see, oh, wow, this is keeping me alive. It's just kind of getting over that initial inertia to say, oh, life is happening right now. Here's another way to bring interest to um, the breath. Not to the breath, actually, to uh, mindfulness. We've talked about Vedana, the pleasantness, unpleasantness, and neutrality of experience which is the second foundation of mindfulness. Just for a few moments, um, we can do this as a meditation. Close your eyes and just know every moment is, has either a, a pleasant or an unpleasant or a neutral quality to it. Not that it's good or bad, it's just the way it is. And just notice right now in this moment, is this moment for you mostly pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And now, for the next, oh, 30 seconds, keep tuning into that because it changes from one moment to another. You might find yourself engaged, and then bored, and it becomes neutral, and then it becomes unpleasant, and then it becomes pleasant. Just see, and you can even name, oh, pleasant, 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 neutral, unpleasant. Just see that. Check it out. The Buddha said it's a good thing to do.
Okay, now, while you're in this space, we'll just shift to another aspect that you can become interested in and investigate, and that is tune into changing objects, changing experience. You do this regularly, but just see if you can notice how one experience changes into another, into another. And so you might notice a sound, the sound of my voice, and then you might notice, oh, and here's the breath. And then you might notice, oh, here's a thought. See if you can notice the changing quality of experience, how it's all changing all the time. Now let yourself tune into the consciousness that sees all of that change. There's all of those different experiences and hearing and sound and, and thought and sensation. Just tune into the consciousness that knows it. Let yourself become interested in that. How is it that you know those things? Don't look for an answer. Just tune into the knowing. Okay, you can open your eyes. Now, I offer these not to confuse you, um, but to just invite you to see there's lots of different attitudes and um, ways to investigate the immediacy of this moment without looking for an answer, but just seeing, oh, there's this happening, there's that happening. It's like a kaleidoscope of reality that you can tune into. And that quality of interest, the interest begets mindfulness which makes things more interesting. I want to mention to you, I, I didn't do this last week, but each of these factors of awakening has um, causative, uh, uh, causative um, factors, causative supports, like for mindfulness, um, inclining the mind towards mindfulness, being with people who are interested in, who are mindful, or avoiding people who are not mindful. Those are the causative supports for mindfulness. Here's the causative supports for investigation. There are seven of them. One, asking questions. That is, being interested and curious. But it's not not with the feeling of, I've got to get the answer, but just a ca- kind of leading on and exploring. You plop a question, oh, um, 
what is the nature of suffering? And then you look at it. Or you explore um, why, um, why is impermanence, you know, how does one experience impermanence? And then explore. Asking questions and reflecting can be very useful. Two, cleanliness is a support for investigation. This is the traditional list. Cleanliness internally in your body and externally. It's because um, uh, your mind becomes bright and clear, it says. And when the eyes fall upon dirt and untidiness, mental confusion tends to arise. So, not a bad... Next to... Cleanliness is next to mindfulness or something like that. You know what I mean. Uh, Three, a balanced mind. If there's too much energy, it's hard to investigate. Too little energy, it's hard to investigate. If there's too um, too much skepticism... It needs to be balanced with a little bit of faith. Faith and, and wisdom come into balance. So if you find yourself out of balance, it makes it hard. The mind gets confused and hard to see clearly. Um, four, avoiding, avoiding fools. Okay. Avoiding people who are not interested in investigating the truth. And five, making friends with the wise. That is the the one common causative factor for all of these qualities to, uh, or two causative factors, avoiding those who are not this quality and being around people who value this quality. Um, Six, reflection on profound truth. Uh, Reflecting on things like the aggregates or the elements or the five faculties, reflecting on profound dharma truths. And then the seventh is total commitment, that is, or which is another way of saying uh, inclining the mind towards investigation and interest, saying, okay, I want to be interested right now, just kind of revving up that engine. Those support your investigation. And you can bring this not only to your meditation practice, but when you're finding yourself kind of bored with life, as I've shared a number of times, uh, Ram Dass's instruction to plumb the depths of this moment. That's the key. Because this moment is quite enough when you let yourself engage with it. So you might experiment this this week if you're feeling a little bit bored or you're feeling like you want to just pretend you're interested. See what happens when you pretend you're interested and if it gets you a bit more interested as well. Okay, so uh, we have to stop here and just uh, close with a, a short loving kindness just to share with all beings, may all beings open to the truth.
may all feel their goodness and share their love well. May all see through their confusion and awaken to their true nature. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you. Have fun, you aliens. Um, (laughs) See you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.